Hi, this is Emeka and Elandris, and you're listening to the So Far Us podcast, the 30-minute podcast where we break down a trending topic, centering the discussion on the Black millennial woman's experience, and explore what it means for us by answering with, so for us, now let's break down this episode's trending topic. Last month, in the same week, the Texas Senate voted to approve a House bill that many feel limits teachers' ability to discuss race and racism in the classroom. And UNC denied tenure to Nicole Hannah-Jones, the creator of the 1619 Project, the New York Times long-form journalism project that aims to reframe the country's history by placing the consequences of slavery and the contributions of Black Americans at the very center of the United States national narrative. Our hosts will discuss the importance of knowing and sharing Black history, why people want to suppress it, and how we can preserve it. This is Amaka. So for me, I love Black history so much. African and African American studies went from a few classes to a minor to one of my majors in undergrad because I just couldn't get enough of the courses. I think it's so important and valuable for us to have an understanding of who we are as a people and what we have endured to have a better understanding of where we as a people are today and what we should continue to work towards. It's also important to understand history to prevent history from repeating itself. So for Alandris, I discuss historical content through the Black experience on my personal page because what we are taught in school teaches American history without any Black contributions outside of MLK and Rosa Parks. The question then becomes, how are you legally banning a history that's already being omitted? So I've really been looking forward um, to this discussion because I know for both of us, we both have like this great love of history and especially black history. We've studied it. We like to share it. You share it as a teacher uh, or have shared it as a teacher um, in the classroom setting as well. Um, So I know this is a really like important topic for us that we're really passionate about. Um, Unfortunately, um, the trending topic that it's based on is really about the attempt to suppress the sharing and discourse around the history of this country in relation to the history of Black people in this country. So thinking about all the bills um, in the various states um, that are attempting to um, not allow teachers to utilize critical race theory. Um, In Texas, which is where both of us are, our governor has actually signed that bill. So that bill is now a law. Um, He signed that earlier in the month, June 15th, um, and it's going to be effective on September 1st. And then at the same time, we also have the story of what's going on at UNC, um, with Nicole Hannah-Jones, um, who really should have pr- 
probably been offered tenure because all of her predecessors um, received that who were in the same position as her. And mm-hmm. for those who don't know, um, Nicole Hannah-Jones is the creator of the 1619 Project, um, which, you know, obviously informed people about um, the history of this country, giving greater context to the Black experience and probably yes. filling in some of those gaps that we don't typically hear in the classroom. Um, yeah, so it's unfortunate that while this is overall talking about history and Black history is something that both of us are so passionate about, that ultimately the trending topic that brings us here for this particular episode is about people or institutions who are trying to prevent, you know, the exposure and knowledge and sharing of our history, meaning the history of this country and in particular the history of the Black experience in this country. Absolutely. And I want to also clarify, like, the person who's responsible for the angst against critical race theory wants people to believe that stamp from the beginning uh, written by Ibram Kendi or the 1619 Project by Nicole Hannah-Jones are critical race theory, which they are not. Um, And I find it to be interesting that Greg Abbott has decided to ban critical race theory. But when you read Bill HB 3937, he's not banning critical race theory. He's literally not banning it because it's the definition of critical race theory is not in that bill. He is literally banning all of the black, indigenous and people of color histories. That's exactly what he's banning. Right. And... (laughs) It's interesting because that makes me think of the quote, what he said, what he released as his statement after signing the bill this month, where he said, House Bill 3979 is a strong move to abolish critical race theory in Texas, but more must be done. The issue will be added to a special session agenda. So he's doing a special session. Our legislature um, meets, I believe, like every other year. Uh, but there, he's actually asked for, called for two special sessions, which will be in September, October. And they're looking at like redistricting, um, distribution of COVID-19 relief funds, the federal funds, of right. the elections legislation, the bail system. And now he also wants to include, yes, he's signing to law what he believes abolishes critical race theory um, in Texas schools, um, but he wants it to go even further. Um, which is even scarier to think about given what you just said about what the bill really does. And then they're they're going to be actively working uh, to try to take it even further. And I did want to also note that several businesses and civic groups here in Texas have objected to the bill. um, And that includes some of our larger school districts, including Austin and Dallas. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not, our schools are not on on board with this. Um, This is definitely something being led um, by Republicans in our government, in our state, the governor, in the Senate, in the House. 
and other conspiracy and other conspiracy theorists. So Christopher Rufo is like the leader in the angst against uh, critical race theory. So he has been quoted with, and this is a tweet he has. He said, as I predicted, we have frozen the brand critical race theory and driven up its negative. According to economists, 64% of Americans now know about critical race theory of which 58% have an unfavorable view, including 72% of independents who think it's bad for America. Yet at no point can he define what critical race theory is. At no point when Mark Lamont Hill decided to have a conversation with him on the Black Network channel, Black, I'm sorry, Black News channel, and asked him, okay, if you're pushing the idea that critical race theory pushes people to think uh, pushes black people to hate white people for being white. What is the positive notion about being white? What is something positive about being white? And at no point could he answer that question. He's like, well, I'm Italian, but he's on record at a uh, at a school pushing how he's just a white guy and how he feels a certain way about critical race theory. He He does not talk about what the actual theory is whenever you pay attention to it. And he's created this narrative knowing that People in this country do not like to read beyond the headlines. And yeah, so and I, they they believe that it's bad for America, but none of them can tell you what it is. Right. And I think this is a good point for us to kind of get into that because we talked about kind of what's going on under what people think it's critical race theory. And like you mentioned, kind of what has kind of started this whatever you want to call it, movement, mm-hmm. whatever, pushback on what they think is critical race theory and take a moment to talk about um, what it is. So I will share um, one definition from one of the co-founders, I believe Richard Delgado, which in 2017, I believe he defined it as a collection of activists and scholars interested in studying and transforming the relationship among race racism and power yes and then i want to open it up for um your thoughts on what critical race theory actually is and especially in comparison to kind of what um republicans are trying to imply that it is so i did a video on manifest destiny and uh, voting rights in America on my TikTok page. And when I broke down Manifest Destiny, I took the historical context of what Manifest Destiny is, which is uh, colonizers decided that it was their God-given right to oppress Native Americans and Black people. And so what came out of the idea of Manifest Destiny, where you have with the Native Americans, you have assimilation school, boarding schools, you have... um, divesting of funds in and resources in their neighborhoods and putting them on reservations that have uh, driven them into poverty and lack access to uh, basic health, decent health care, decent food. They're struggling with so much in that community based on this idea of manifest destiny. And then when you look at the black experience, you see how Jim Crow came into place. You see mass incarceration and then you see the same thing of the divesting of resources from black communities and how these are systems put in place based off of the idea of manifest destiny, which said that colonizers wanted to be superior because it was their God given right to oppress native Americans and black people at no point in breaking that part of critical race theory down, which is saying that there is a system built 
around this ideology of manifest destiny. There's no point in when I'm explaining that where I would say, you have to now hate white people. And that is the problem that I have because at no point when you're learning this information, you're trying to critically think about how these systems come into play, how they were started, how they were formed, and how are they impacting us now? That's not telling you to hate white people because this is the system that has been created. What you should be doing as somebody who is staying in your classroom is trying to figure out why won't these people let you learn the truth about American history? Why is it so much angst when it comes to learning the truth about American history? Why are they trying to keep it from you? Because Edward Pollard, who wrote The Lost Cause, is one of the driving factors behind the whitewashing of American history because they wanted to rewrite what the Confederacy was about. They wanted to rewrite it as a states' rights um, fight instead of a fight to keep their slaves. And, and that is the issue when you have taught several generations from that perspective, now it feels like it's an attack on white people because they're white, when it's really not. It's really not. Nobody's sitting up here saying, let's go ahead and do to white people what they have done to black and indigenous and other people of color for centuries. Nobody's saying that. We're saying, and let's talk about the history and how we've gotten to this point and how we can make it better. And what's interesting about some of the last thing you just said there is looking at the bill that was actually passed here in Texas. Um, two of the things, for example, that they say that teachers um, cannot basically teach are an individual by virtue of the individual's race or sex bears responsibility for actions committed in the past by other members of the same race or sex. Or an individual should feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress on account of the individual's race or sex. And I think that kind of goes with what you said, where having these types of discussions aren't intended to make you feel guilt or psychological distress, um, or that you individually are responsible for actions of the past, but it's important to have the discussion because we are individually responsible for present and future actions that are right. related to the past, whether that is we are given that opportunity to do these things or make these choices from the past, which is, which is really real. Um, but yeah, it's like there's a, that's kind of the disconnect um, I don't think any teacher is going to have discussions about the history of race in America to make some of their students feel um, guilty. Right. And <laughs> they're not the issue. Like, but we don't talk about how the other the flip side of all of this, these people who are pushing against CRT. We're not talking about the flip side of that, where you have parents who are pro critical race theory, who are pro our our children not being subjected to whitewash history, like who gives them the right to say that our children do not deserve the right to learn accurate history? Like we're not even talking about that. Like you're saying that our school system is teaching children to hate white people based off of previous historical events. But what you're also saying is you don't want to learn the truth about 
what actually happened and you don't want any other by any other person's children to learn it either so i mean i think that's also un, that's an also that's i'm sorry that's also an unfair situation to be putting parents in like who says that these parents who are pushing these school board going to these school boards and acting a fool against something that's not even taught pre-k to 12th grade <laughs> who gives them the right to say that my child doesn't have the right to learn what it is accurately being taught so you are basically proving critical race theory to be true you are creating a system that disenfranchises an entire group of students based off of a white superiority complex because what greg abbott has said he wants to teach a patriotic education which is basically whitewash education which is basically found in the lost cause by edward pollard which is rewriting history the way that it actually happened and that is basically they're teaching critical race theory by doing that when people start to critically think about what they're doing to the school system so i really want to kind of lean into your experience as a teacher because that Mm -hmm. is not an experience that i have and you know we're focusing mainly on the law that impacts teachers in the school setting Mm -hmm. um now what we have discussed so far is that what some of these people are calling critical race theory is one, not actually critical race theory. And two, mm-hmm. like you said, critical race theory, I believe you said, isn't even taught like no, it's not K through 12. But I think that also goes to the fact that, you know, some of the conversations and articles have been written about the bill when it was since it's been proposed uh, has been that it's somewhat a confusing state for our teachers to be in because it's not clear what they can or cannot teach. Um, But what I would be interested in knowing from your perspective as a teacher, based on kind of some of the things that you're aware of that some of these bills are actually saying, if you're familiar with them, that teachers should not be addressing, how would that impact a teacher who is wanting to teach um, Black history or better informed and accurate Black history to their students? So from my understanding in the school system now, because I'm not in the school system now, um, Mm -hmm. what I, because I spoke to some of my teacher friends, Mm -hmm. they're not able to spark the conversation. Now, if the students spark the conversation, they're allowed to answer the the questions that they Mm -hmm. ask. They're allowed to utilize resources that points them to the direction to find the answer and then help them critically think about it. So the way that I have taught it in the past. So, for instance, um, when I taught Louisiana history and we taught about how and my students learned about how black people were not allowed to learn to read and write due to black codes like they were it was illegal for them to go to school as free people and it was illegal for them to go to I mean to learn to read and write as slaves my students had to critically think about how that impacts them now like what does that make you think about that based on the color of your skin literal laws were passed to make sure that you would not be able to read and write how does that impact your life on a day-to-day basis as somebody who reads and writes so my students will give me the impact well my mama has to read the contracts that she has to sign if she wants to get a job 
if she's so that impacts our money so that impacts our food so that impacts our housing so if i can't read or write i can't sign those contracts i can't feed myself i can't clothe myself i can't live i can't create generational wealth that is the way that i will go about teaching black history in a school and getting my students to think about it and in that same sense it doesn't teach them to hate people without color it teaches them to understand how a system was put in place to disenfranchise one particular community it just so happens they belong in that community so it sounds like you're saying that some of the teachers at least are kind of thinking about ways to continue to teach accurate black history in spite of some of these laws that are being passed. Absolutely. Um, I spoke with someone who teaches in Oklahoma and she said that she teaches American history straight out of the book and also pins, pinpoints them into uh, different resources. So when they were talking about um, Andrew Jackson and his relation to Native Americans, mm-hmm. and so she gave uh, she gave them a letter that he wrote when he was talking in the way that he referenced Native Americans. And she said, this is the topic that we're learning and we're going to learn about this war that he led and how it disenfranchised Native Americans. And she stopped right there and gave them the letter to read. And as they're reading the letter, they're like, oh, this man sounds like a horrible person describing these people like this to say that they welcomed colonizers into the nation and this is the way that they're treated. And she doesn't teach black children. Mm. And she said, it doesn't teach them to hate themselves. It teaches them to look at their former founding fathers and previous leaders in this country in a different light in comparison to what they've been told to in comparison to how they've been told to view these people. So you can't, you may not view Andrew Jackson as a hero anymore because now you've been able to read his literal words and how he, how he felt about native Americans. And that is how history should be taught. You don't have to, you don't have to change the wording, give them the actual documents. And that is why I feel like, Greg Abbott in HB 3937 is telling them you can't give them the actual documents. You can't teach the actual history because they feel that it's going to take away their idea of who these previous heroes were. Right. Um, Sounds like they kind of want to keep this um, made up belief of who they are when it's really critical Uh, I think for people who have been oppressed in this country that we all know, you know, the full story of what happened and who people really are um, and not this cleaned up version, right? So that we don't get pushback when we're asking for things or we're explaining this is why things are the way they are. And the pushback is, well, no, I mean, the founding fathers wanted everyone to be free. I mean, the Declaration of Independence. And there's not this understanding or this nuance of what that really meant at that time and what it didn't mean. Right, um, right. And if you even do basic math, if you teach your students, okay, so the Declaration of Independence was signed in 1776, <laughs> but fr- slaves weren't freed until 1865. What does that mean, class? Exactly. So, so it's <laughs> like... like how do you even sit up there? Like, you can't sit up there and make it make sense. I'm like, okay, so if they weren't free till 1865, that must have meant they were still slaves. So it's like, you can't talk about, you can't, if you teach them how to critically think about these things, they're, that's not critical race theory. That's making them put one and one together to be equal to. So I don't understand how they're trying to legally ban a history that in some ways is already omitted. 
Right. <laughs> and and then right. they're trying to ban something that's not even being taught or even made its way into the school system. It's so idiotic. So speaking of some of the history they they're so-called trying to ban isn't already there. And also, you know, going back to both of us being passionate about history, I do want to take some time to kind of talk about um, how you and I um, learn and get exposed to our history. What are some resources that we use? Um, because even in, like you said, even in its current state, mm-hmm. you know, our our children are not learning the full breadth of our history Mm -hmm. um and even as adults and I think like your personal TikTok is an example of that even as adults there is not just for people like you and me who are like lifelong learners and we love history so we're going to find it wherever we want to find it but there are other adults who are also very interested in different ways of learning history right um, so what are some ways or resources um, that you enjoy learning history? Not necessarily recommendations for other people, but just like, what are some of your favorite ways that you learn new things? So um, I love blackpast.org. I used to use it as a resource uh, with my students when I taught Louisiana history and American history in New Orleans. Uh, Black History 365 just allowed me to become an affiliate with them. So I use their textbook. They have amazing resources that also attach to uh, blackpast.org. There's a million documentaries by Dr. Henry Louis Gates, who has a very interesting story. Like he was arrested at his own house. Mm -hmm. And and I don't know if you remember that. And I'm like, this is a, a historian. Um, but no, I'm not going to go there. Um, but he has a lot of documentaries that have books that go along with them. One of my favorite is Stony the Road book that goes along with the uh, Reconstruction Era documentary. Um, but he also has Africa's Great Civilizations that exposed me to so much about our African history that I never grew up knowing. And I learned about Queen Nzinga and it just filled my heart with so much joy because I'm like, he's this Black woman being everything to everybody, slaying and being the leader that she is, I'm like, do you know what that can do for the mindset of young black girls everywhere? So I I can go on and on, but I would love for you guys to check out blackpast.org, Black History 365, Dr. Henry Louis Gates. Those are my top three. Um, So for me, I I was thinking of it more from like a general perspective. So I enjoy like film and television series. Um, Mm -hmm. And not necessarily documentaries. I do enjoy those too. But I mean, Mm -hmm. even the fictional ones, right? Yes. That's because I love research and I love Google and Wikipedia. And yes, you can use Wikipedia as a starting point and continue to dig from there. Some people are like, Wikipedia is not going to be your first and last stop, but it can Mm -hmm. be the beginning. Um, Because, for example, I am really excited about the film, um, The Harder They Fall. Yes. It's going to be a Black Western on Netflix. So, you know, my TikTok, I talk history, film, television series um, featuring Black stars and Black people. Um, so I was obviously excited. I did the trailer and I was going to re- um, doing some research to do a video on it. So I click on Wikipedia to get some information about the cast. And I noticed that quite a few of the character names had Wikipedia links. And I was like, what's going on here? 
mm-hmm. and come to discover that uh, most of the main cast, their characters are named after actual Black legends from the Old West. Um, oh, wow. And, you know, some of them I've heard of, like Bill Pickett, um, Bass Reeves, um, mm-hmm. who some say the Lone Star Ranger is based off of. Um, and there are some films and things being done about him as well. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. And then I used that information to make a separate TikTok video um, that actually had more engagement than even the trailer. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and I love obviously seeing like you and some of the other people that I follow who use um, TikTok and other social media to share history. Um, and I know you're like me in that you don't just, you know, talk from the dome when you're making those videos. Like there's other research behind it before yes. you do some of those theories. And so I know, like me, you probably enjoy that too. So even being a content creator is a fun way to learn more history and even more facts and new facts, right? Absolutely. You and I have degrees in, I believe you have a degree in Black history too, or Black Mm-mm. studies? You no, know? mine is in business, but I took like a bunch of electives in Black studies. So we studied it in undergrad, but even now, and you have taught it, but even yes. now we are still continuing to learn new facts of black history because there's so much there's so much there's so um, much you can't there you can't go to college long enough to study it all <laughs> um so ultimately we have a lot of resources to research learn and share our history um books google films television series even social media no matter how they may try to suppress our access and exposure to our history and its implications we can and must always find a way to know our own history Thanks for taking the time to listen to the So For Us podcast. Be sure to check us out on your favorite social media sites using the at So For Us podcast handle. Like, comment, leave a review, send us a trending topic you'd like us to discuss, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. We'll talk to you soon in the best place that is So For Us.